Welcome to the 21st episode of the Tech Gypsies podcast. I'm Audrey Waters. And I'm Kim Lane. And we are recording this weekend from the Balch Hotel in Dufer, Oregon. Yes, and we're both outside. It, it was very beautiful. Now this black cloud's moving in. I hope <laughs> I hope we're okay out here. <laughs> we will make this uh, podcast uh Short, short and fast. Um, I'm sitting close to the street, so hopefully there aren't too many loud Labor Day weekend travelers driving by. You're actually sitting perhaps closer to the to the doves. Yes, I have some doves in the tree by me that will, might start cooing, but we'll see. <laughs> okay, fingers crossed. Um, so every week when we do this, we sort of throw together a list of the stories that we uh, want to talk about some weekends or some weeks it seems like there's very little this week it seemed like there was actually quite a lot um, so um, there's really not a rhyme or reason to I'm going to start off but I actually want to I do want to start off with um, the piece that was written by Garrison Keeler in the um, Chicago Tribune yeah great piece um, yeah, actually, actually, I guess I don't really have anything other to say than other to recommend folks read that. It was for me. It was one of those. I think I read it out loud to you while we were driving around. But it was really for me. It's the best piece I think I've read on the election so far. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's what I hope to be able to. Uh, I don't know. The, the the type of storytelling and writing that I hope to did do someday. I mean, w- the way that he was able to articulate uh, and sum up uh, what is Donald Trump and what is his his presidential ambitions, I think was was just beautiful. Read it. Yeah, it was um, a long, slow burn. I think of the of the best kind of sorts. Okay, so yeah, read that. Um, and then it seemed like if if. Donald, I don't know if Donald Trump had a good week or bad week. I don't even know how we categorize those things anymore. But you know who had a bad week this week? Elon Mar- Musk. <laughs> I was going to say Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know if Elon. Elon probably had insurance. <laughs> but yeah, um, a SpaceX, the SpaceX rocket blew up on the launch pad at Cape Canaveral this week, taking out its cargo, which included the Facebook satellite, which was um, supposed to put, uh, supposed to be, provide Facebook to African countries. So Mark Zuckerberg was very distraught. Well, uh, I mean, thankfully, nobody was hurt at that. No humans were were harmed in this just uh, satellite equipment. I actually had uh, API Evangelist satellite on there as well. Uh, to uh, to to expand on my API monitoring capabilities, so I I guess that'll have to be moved into next year. <laughs> that'll have to wait. So yeah, um, other let's see what else did did um, Zuck get up to this week? He gave the Pope a drone. Yes, which I thought was um, highly untoward. I don't know what the rules say about the kinds of gifts that one gives. Um, the Pope, but I wouldn't have thought a surveillance device was. Cool. It was a little too literal a reading, I think, of of the church. I mean, they're the OG drone technology, right? <laughs> Watching you from above. Yeah. Um, and then what else? Let's see. Facebook fired all of its human editors for its trending news um, feature. And that did not go well. Yeah. I mean, they're uh, basically it popped up a... Um, 
the the ability for people to game the system when when algorithms are in full control um are just endlessly fascinating to me but the one uh one that made it through was uh defaming Megan Kelly saying uh she had lost her job and um it trended and I guess went to the top because the algorithm didn't know any better and um just kind of showing that uh you know while the algorithms might might be able to do some things well there's oftentimes going to be quite a bit that they don't well i think that the three so the, yeah there was the sto- there was the inaccurate story of Megyn Kelly that she was fired by Fox News for endorsing Hillary Clinton not true um the neither part true neither did she endorse Hillary Clinton nor did she lose her job um and then one of the other stories top stories featured by the Facebook trending news was of a man having sex with a chicken mcnugget yeah so Facebook, you know, Facebook made a decision to get rid of its human editors partially because earlier this year um, it kind of got was on blast because um, folks suggested that those human editors were sort of suppressing conservative news on the site. And so, of course, algorithms are non are unbiased, of course, right? Algorithms have no bias. And so by getting rid of the human element only the best, only the most objective um, stuff would rise to the top. And of course, I think that this week demonstrated the the, the flaw, uh, the hubris even, with, with such notions that algorithms can actually be superior to humans. But what's interesting to me, there's like, there's a couple of things that are interesting to me is that Mark Zuckerberg has repeatedly insisted that Facebook is not a media company, that Facebook is a technology company. And I think that there are, you know, there, there I think that that's um, naive. I think it's um, inaccurate. Um, I think that he says that partially because there are rules in place, right? There are rules in place for communication, for media companies, um, and but I think that clearly Facebook is becoming such an important s- source of the news for people um, that I, I wonder what's going to happen, what we'll do in terms of regulation, in terms of technology, um, in, um, in terms of sort of our own preferences for certain websites and technologies over others to see our, like what sort of role are we going to continue to give Facebook in deciding whether or not the most important news story of the day is about a man having sex with Chicken McNugget. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think this is, uh, the usage of the, the algorithm in this way. I mean, this is, this is the merchant class's wet dream, right? Is, is that you get a piece of software, you buy this, this new shiny, uh, piece of software, and then you're able to, uh, start axing what is your, your most expensive line item, which are your employees. And then you have this algorithm that that's replaced people. I mean, this is the, the, what you hear about robots all the time. This is what you hear about bots, what, you know, digital bots. This is what you hear about algorithms. Um, and, and honestly, this is what you hear a lot in the API space as well, that you're going to be able to automate all of this. And you're, you're essentially taking, uh, the hardest part out of it, which is the human, and you're just making it perfect and, and beautiful and clean. And it's gonna, it's gonna do all this. But I think the where so many people are able to get away with so much of this this rhetoric and kind of bullshit around this is because technology is so new. It's like you said, Mark Zuckerberg's not going to say, hey, we're uh, 
a media company any more than Uber is going to say we're a taxi company. Why? Because there's all these rules in place that historically why, you know, we're addressing certain things. And, and, and sometimes that's regulation. Sometimes it's just societal perspectives on how things should or shouldn't work or just, in, you know, certain in, integrity that's already built into those industries, you know, like journalism has. And I think algorithms are a great way for us to shed shed the payroll shed 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 our earlier regulations uh shift you know um, not be noticed by society because it's new it's shiny and it's just it's going to make for some amazing uh shit shows uh just to unfold um in coming years so i just looked up um according to pew research 40 percent of americans get their news from facebook yeah that's troubling oh i can hear the I can hear the doves. You can hear it, yeah. It just wanted to swoop by. And then... <laughs> they, appreci- they appreciate us talking about algorithms. Yeah, I mean, and I think the important thing, and I wrote, I just wrote a story today um, about credit scores, um, but the, I think the important things about these algorithms and about algorithmic decision-making is... Uh, <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I knew that was going to happen. Um, the, the important thing about algorithmic decision-making is that it's so opaque, right? We don't know what goes into the Facebook newsfeed trending stories algorithm. Um, we can guess, but we aren't certain. I mean, even, and even though we're supposed to have some transparency into what goes into our credit score, right? There's a list of what the what the things that make up the credit your credit score. It's still not really clear at a finely grained level what exactly what exactly dictates that. Yeah, I mean, this is this is an area that I push on because you know this is one of my my beliefs, um, often wrongly so, that APIs can kind of crack open these black boxes and and show what the levers and controls are. But you know, like all technology, the technology alone can't do this. Uh, the number one reason I see people um, are hiding their algorithms and making a black box is. On the surface, they say it's intellectual property. It's 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 super secret sauce. We don't want our competitors to take this. But in reality, you know, these things are just, um, you know, oftentimes mechanical Turks or just complete bullshit. There's actually nothing going on back there, and so they don't really want to crack these open. And I think, you know, it, we can we can joke, oh, this is just Facebook and people sharing stupid things. But no, this is like actually steering how people vote and, and what news you get on the election and all the way to not beyond Facebook, but, you know, some of the in the show notes, some of the other stories that I put in there around predictive policing and and that the algorithms there aren't living up to the hype as well. And they're actually sh- more um more apt to show uh, police misconduct than they are to actually p- predict crimes. And um, we're seeing this pretty much in every industry where this new shiny technology is is being showcased as something magical. Well, I mean, and there's... I, every time I go to talk, some Yahoo has to drive by in his big Ford pickup. Um, no, I think that education education technology are seeing this as well. All sorts of the algorithms that say that they can predict how well students are going to do or not do in, in college, um, predict who's at risk of dropping out, predict who's at risk of um, not performing well, um, and then guide 
guide students purportedly to the major in which they will graduate most quickly or to the classes in which they'll get the best grades or to the content in the textbook that's going to help them move through a course most efficiently. And again, these, these, these algorithms are completely black boxed. I mean, we, you know, we, we, we have, I think, worked very hard to make parts of institutional functioning more transparent. I think that that's been the effort on a number of levels with a number of institutions. How do we make this institution more transparent? How do we make the church more transparent? I mean, other other than drones. How do we make schools, how do we make governments more transparent? How do we make insurance companies or bank lending practices more transparent? And if you have an algorithm, it's really easy, I think, to pull the curtain back around these processes and to be able to say, oh, we're not, we're not purposefully discriminating against um, families of color, for example, when they want to buy a house. Um, but, you know, because because our algorithm is objective and it's only looking at, you know, X, Y, or Z factors. And, um, and so I think that the sort of push towards more and more algorithmic decision-making that's part and parcel of a push for more surveillance, more data collection, more data analysis, is really troubling if we can't actually see the algorithm. And like you said, companies are unlikely to let us, let us have a peek because they see this as their secret sauce. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think, one of the fundamental flaws in the area I'm, I spent a lot of the, the week kind of immersed in around uh, intellectual property and, and specifically patents. But, um, you know, how do you, how do you keep locking up as much of this in, in intellectual property? Um, and then we're, we're digitizing that, we're automating that, we're putting that into the code. And I actually, in one of, I didn't put it in the show notes, but one of my stories was, was DRM at the SDK level. So, so the code. Wait, you have to unpack that for. Yeah, that's what I was about to okay. do. Is 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 the code that you give your developers as a platform? So if face this this one happened to be Vimeo, so it was a video. So so I as a video platform, am giving you an API to build application to build my video services into your software and systems and whatnot. And the code that I give you has DRM built in. And I actually wrote a fictional story about this is, is, you know, patent checks at runtime. Basically, if, if, if your, if your code doesn't, um, or is in violation or, you know, this is how DMCA works is if you, if your video is just perceived as being, uh, you know, infringing on someone, anyone could say, Hey, they, you need to take that down. They have to take that down. Now that's in the code that switches in the code. It's automated. It's at runtime. And I was playing around with the concept this week of, of that just being across the board that all software, if you go to publish a new website, a new mobile app, a new web app, single page app at runtime, it'll automatically check, um, the U S patents office to see if, if you're in violation and this this is design fiction but it's not that far from the truth this is where we're getting when things are so shrouded you know the dmca the copyright the patents all of these ip things are 
the reasons why people are able to pull back these curtains and 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 keep other things hidden from us and that that usually means there's going to be privacy there's going to be security there's going to be these this algorithmic bias racial bias class bias built into these and we're not going to be able to question those unless we can we can uh kind of poke holes in that and start being able to work at it in a secure again in a secure way because as we saw with you know, a couple of weeks ago with, with WikiLeaks, transparency does not equal good, you know. And so so how do we do this? We got to at least just be having a conversation about it and IPs preventing us from having that conversation. Yeah, I mean, and I think the other one of the other important roles, and it's interesting that you, you said WikiLeaks, but I think that the investigative journalists really need to sort of hone their chops on being able to, if not completely sort of reverse engineer the algorithm and at least do some smart troubleshooting to identify what's going on. So there was a story this week um, in Fusion about a psychiatrist who was really puzzled as to why Facebook was recommending her patients friend each other. Um, she had said, you know, she was purposefully quite diligent about her privacy. She hadn't sort of shared information. And of course, you, you know, you, you legally cannot share information um, about about your um, your patients, but she had at one point sort of had her phone given her phone number to Facebook, and because Facebook has a service or has a feature where they a feature you have to imagine I'm using air quotes a feature where they sort of sniff sniff through your address book, and her patients likely had her phone number in their you know in their phone contacts, and so it was using that information. The journalist thinks we're not sure. Facebook wouldn't comment, but the journalist thinks it was using people who had that woman's who had the psychiatrist phone number in their address books to sort of suggest, well, if you've got, you know, if you have this doctor, if this person's phone number and this other person has this phone number, we can, we can surmise perhaps that you know each other. And so, I mean, I think that there are ways in which we can't perfectly reverse engineer these things because we don't actually know, um, we don't know all of the calculations that are being made. But I think we do have to do a much better job as journalists to be able to scrutinize what's going on. Because I think we can get fairly close to what's happening. You know, I think that we see these, you know, we can look at information around ed tech, um, you know, predictive analytics. We can look at the information um, around Facebook's trending um, news thing. And we can sort of get fairly close to figuring out at least what some of some of the variables that these companies are are pulling in, and then I think I think we have to actually then call them out on the things that are are discriminatory. Well, another another piece I'm working on this week uh, for the coming week is is just how charged these conversations are, because as soon as you start talking about these things that are happening at algorithms, I find there's this whole cadre of folks who are willing to step up and defend the algorithm you know and like almost so blindly so i don't know why they feel they need to do this but like all i'm trying to i'm not like anti-algorithm i'm I'm not even fully anti-patent yes you are okay but um in a digital world i am but um in the real world i love them um no it's so why are people so charged about this because what happened i find that you know most of the time there's not a lot of 
uh, evil doing going on here. There's just like incompetency that you have these these young white dudes building these algorithms. And they just th- didn't know the or think about the big picture. And then this, you know, like that that doctor's phone number, you know, um, getting getting connected up. You know, well, they're they're slight evil doers because you shouldn't be combing through people's address books like that unless someone directly asks you to. And and in i i and Android developer spaces, you know, this is this is something you do. This is something you don't talk about, but people do. And then, but then when people start, you know, talking about these algorithms and what's going on and and the the often unintended negative consequences, the developers, the companies get um, all defensive and you know it's like we're not we're not trying to do evil we're not racist we're not biased we're not classist and then it just further charges it you know they 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 put a darker curtain so you can't see through they don't take calls they lock down their api so that journalists and other people can't get in there and it just makes it even worse rather than just being more willing to open up and be transparent in a in a logical, sensible, secure way, and have a conversation so that we can fix this shit. It just it just seems to be getting worse and worse. Yeah, I mean, and I think that I think that you're right. I think a lot of the stuff that we do do behind closed doors is to cover up incompetence. I think a lot of it is to cover up nepotism and the sort of power power broker deals that always happen behind closed doors. So, you know, I mean, and I think that this is, this is why, you know, this is why I think the transparency, it's not, it's not the silver bullet. And it's always got, we always have to ask questions of power around what gets made public. But I do think that behind closed doors, um, that there are deals made, there are, um, there are um, questions and, and directives given that are, pretty shady um and the shady is i think the nice way to put it um but i think that you know i I mean i agree i think that people people seem to get um find themselves being very wounded on a very personal level when you point out what are institutional structural systemic flaws people feel like it's a personal insult and I think that um, it, to me, it's 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 interesting. And I think that, that that's not just about, you know, poking, you know, poking holes in people's sort of startup dreams. I think any time that you identify sort of the sort of things that are sort of askew in our society, that people seem to go very quick to the place of finding it a personal a personal insult and rather than recognizing and saying yeah I see that this is a systemic issue and I'm going to do my part to actually fix the system Um, I'm going to do my part to um, make these institutions more just instead people say you know why did you say why do you why do you hate me Kinley well and and well I hate everyone equally is why but um and, and the big problem with this is what this does is what what this does is set the stage for the things get decided by the 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 worst actors in the in the space in a court of law and then through regulation and and I know business business people and entrepreneurs love to hate on government regulation as being the biggest thing that stifles what's going on but they're like unwilling to like be transparent enough and 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 figure this stuff out with their customers with their partners with the the general public and and journalists and out in the open or in you know behind 
you know, slightly ajar doors, I guess. Not fuck people over in the first place. And not fuck people over in the first place because I'm sure, you know, for everything that bubbles up, there's like five other things they're doing shady behind the scenes that, that they're more worried about even in, you know, besides that one conversation. And so what happens is, and, and this is what I really see in, in, in the drone space, and this is what um, I think we're seeing, you know, around Facebook and, and a couple of the links, WhatsApp, other things is, is that... You know, the regulators have to step in and and when it comes to, you know, uh, Pokemon and their privacy issues, you know, you got Al Franken and 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 potential Congress people and senators weighing in when it comes to drones. You got the FFAA and other federal agencies stepping in and you have court battles figuring it out rather than just like actually doing the sensible and hard work and and being open enough to have this out front and before it ever gets to that point and that's i guess and 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 ironically that's what people tend to yield wave around as markets are going to work things out no it's like you don't deal with your shit and then people come in and work it out for you well i i mean i I, yeah, I think, did you write something about markets, how much that phrase annoys you this week? Yeah. You did, didn't you? Yeah. Um, the phrase markets will work it out themselves out. I mean, I think for me, um, anti-capitalist, right? I mean, I think that capitalism works as as designed. Um, capitalism is exploitative. Cap- capitalism is about maximizing profits um, on the backs of the workers. Um, it's, you know, it's Labor Day weekend in the U.S. It's interesting to me. It's always been interesting to me that the United States does not celebrate workers on the same day that everyone else in the world does, right? We don't celebrate May Day, right? We have to move it. We have to move it to the another part of the calendar because we're so frightened of of sort of any sort of of um, commentaries or sort of um, softer edges even being added to capitalism. And I think that capitalism, when when we say cap, you know, markets will work themselves out. That's what they do, and it's to the detriment of humans. It's to the detriment of the environment. It's to the profits of a very, very, very small number of people. Um, and so, I mean, I think that, you know, I'm not, I'm never surprised when, when people um, in the tech sector want who behave badly, because I feel as though right now the tech sector is sort of libertarian capitalism on steroids. And it's, it's doing its best to undo the protections that, um, that have have really served to be able to soften capitalism in such a way to have allowed capitalism to survive the 20th century. Well, that that post that I wrote on people telling me that is, you know, from someone, you know, telling me to basic basically shut up about the patent stuff because, you know, the way that things work is is the markets just work that stuff out and and the winners win and the losers lose and all of that and I should just be quiet. And this is, you know, I, I just basically said that when you say this to me, you just basically put yourself in a bucket as being one of the sheep who is giving this giving this really simple pitchfork blunted pitchfork tool to try to disarm their their peers people coming to me and and i see that's what i see it as is is they're like well markets are that thing that works itself out over there we're not part of that like just be quiet like there's a whole system for that and it's like oh like 
you know, I have my name on several cited in several things, whether it's it's banking regulation in, in Europe, whether it's it's uh, Forest Service trying to figure out uh, pricing around public uh, lands, virtual data, whether it's, uh, you know, the Oracle versus Google copyright stuff being being referenced several times as well as being a signer on um, on that case and then having my story referenced by Google like. Uh, I actually have a voice and, and I'm ac- actively exercising that. I am markets working themselves out. I'm one of millions of people who should be doing that. I'm not just going to sit it on the sidelines and let those other people work things out either behind closed doors or in open doors, but in environments they control like the the court system and the current uh election process as we know it um i'm gonna actually push up against it as i know it in real time day by day week by week that's what i do and it's you know shutting shut trying to shut you down with absolutes it's what what we see people constantly try to do when we talk bad about algorithms when we when we push back on on uh, reclaim and kind of data ownership and data licensing stuff. This is what people, you know, do is, is you should just shut up and just let the system work. Um, I just had a big raindrop land on my head. So before it starts to rain, I do want to make one comment um, about sitting on the sidelines because I feel would feel remiss if I did not give a shout out to Colin Kaepernick, my new favorite quarterback um, of the San Francisco 49ers for his, I think, very brave decision to sit on the sidelines where now he's actually sort of taking a knee during the national anthem in protest of um, police violence against black folks. And he's making, people have said to him, well, why don't you actually do something, like why don't you just do like take action and not just talk. Although he has certainly, um, his act of protest already is an action, but he's actually is also donating substantially to local local efforts. And I think it's interesting, local efforts in the Bay Area and elsewhere. But again, um, I saw this statistic fly by the other day. There are more African Americans per capita in Portland, Oregon, right? A st- in the a city and a state that had laws banning African-Americans from moving here until quite recently in the state constitution. There are more African-Americans per capita in Portland than in San Francisco. Silicon Valley and the tech sector have chased away people of color out of the city. And I'm not a 49ers fan. I'll never be a 49ers fan. I'm super, super hoping that he's going to transfer to a different team. Um, and then I'll for sure buy his jersey. But, um, but yeah, shout out to Colin Kaepernick. And for people everywhere who take risks, um, even if people criticize them, take risks and stand up or sit down or take a knee for what they believe in. 